All right, good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Hey, we just, <laughs> in our haste, we have babies to dedicate. So come on down, come on. And I get to do it, I don't get to do this very often. I wanna dedicate babies. And uh, tell it, we, we, do we have more than one family, right? Come on. Now, if you're here and you wanna dedicate your child, come on. If we're gonna do that right now. All right, welcome, yes. Babies everywhere. That's a sign of a healthy church, a growing church. <clears throat> Pastor Brad introduced these babies and these families. All right. Get Here a good picture go. of them on the screen. You can ooh and ah. Awesome. This is a good time to ooh and ah. All right, so here we are. You guys can introduce your family and then tell us who you're dedicating and their age. Michelle and Michael, and we're dedicating Carson. He's three. He's three. Three years old. Awesome. Thanks. Hey, Amen. This is Kalia Rain Massey, and she is two months old. A month awesome. old. Wow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's, I know you just got seated, but can we stand up one more time? You'll get to sit down in just a moment. The baby dedications do two things. It allows the family to say, we are ordaining, we are speaking life over our child. We are speaking over our child that they're gonna follow Jesus all the days of their life. And we're gonna pray that over these children. But it's also a chance for us as a church to remind these parents that they're not in this by themselves, that we're surrounding them as a church family to bless them and to strengthen them. And so I want you to just point your hands toward them. And what you're saying by pointing your hand, this may be new to some of you, you're saying, I agree with what's going on. I agree with this. I lend my agreement to this. So Father in heaven, we bless these children. Children are a gift from the Lord, a heritage from the Lord. They're like arrows in a quiver. And so Father, today we thank you for the gift of children. Every child was knit together in the womb of their mother by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today we recognize the gift of the Lord, the gift of children, and we bless them today. We pray you would fill these children with the Holy Spirit, that you would surround them and keep them and bless them and be strong to them. I pray that early on, like Samuel, that they would hear the voice of the Lord, and that they would respond to the voice of the Lord that early in their life, that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit and they would walk with Jesus every day of their life. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Now let's pray for moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas. Father, we thank you that both these children today are surrounded by homes and family, people who love them, people who care for them deeply. And we pray now for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit over these parents. We pray today that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear, minds to understand and hearts to believe all that you're saying about their children. And Lord, in their moments of decision, I pray you'd fill them with the gift of wisdom. Fill them with the strength that they need to be moms and dads to these children. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Turn around and tell somebody they look good, they smell good, and you can be seated. Amen. All right, happy Father's Day. 
We're going to do something a little special today. I, um, I was thinking over the week, I don't know if you know this, but I just got back from Israel, took a group of guys there, my fourth time. And I'll have to tell you, I was moved during this time at how purposeful the Jewish father is to his family. If you ever get to go to Israel, make sure that you're in Jerusalem, the, whole, the old city, on Shabbat. So sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday is Shabbat, their Sabbath. And this, and this year particularly, I noticed how many dads were leading their families to Shabbat services. Dads with four, five, six kids, but he had his Torah, he had his book of prayers leading the way for his family. And uh, I was reminded of this passage of scripture in Malachi chapter four. He put that on the screen, Malachi four, verse five. Is it not on the screen? Okay, just trust me on this one. Okay, here we go. It says, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. He said, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. That's, that's a sobering, sobering passage of scripture, by the way. And it's one of the last things that is said in the Hebrew Testament before 400 years of silence descends upon the land. Wow. 400 years of silence, the last thing is said, I'm going to turn the father's hearts toward the children and the children toward their father's hearts. Because if that does not happen, there will be utter destruction on the land. Wow. Now dads, all the dads in the room and granddads, if you're watching online, that is a sobering responsibility to us as dads. In fact, let me give you the positive take on this scripture. If fathers step into their godly role, we can actually solve almost every societal ill on the planet right now. Every societal ill. All the things that you're concerned about in our culture Almost all of them can be solved with present, powerful, worshiping fathers. If every home, listen, I'll just say this to the strength that I feel it. If every home had a strong, worshiping, godly, humble dad present, our country would turn on a dime. The spirit of the Lord would fall on, your home, on our cities and our nation. I believe that with all of my heart, soul, and mind. Now, I want to show you this video. Uh, we got in trouble for filming this, so uh, my apologies to the Jewish people for desecrating their worship. But listen, uh, we're, we're, so a group of the guys got out right before sunset on Friday, went to the Western Wall. Now, the Western Wall is the closest place to the Holy of Holies that the Jewish people can go to. So it's a, a place of worship, it's a place of prayer, and watch this, it's not a very good video, but I want you to see thousands of Jewish people being led by their dads mm. in a roar of worship. Watch this quick video real quick. Can you hear the roar? Thousands and thousands mm. of Jewish men leading their families in a Shabbat worship. This is last week, this is last Friday night. And it moved us, it shaked us. And so during the week I just said, I wanna have a conversation with some men in our church 
of various uh, ages. So you go, Pastor D is on our worship team. He's also a dad. And I want to, you can make the announcement. You make the announcement. I can? Yeah, you, yeah absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we, just, we just found out that we're having a little baby boy in October. <laughs> so they already have a daughter, Adele, that's yeah. five, six. six. Yes. And she's about to have a baby brother. A baby brother. I love that you got to announce that on Father's Day. Yeah, that's beautiful. So <laughs> that's beautiful. Pastor D is in his 30s. Pastor John is in his 40s. You know, you know, Pastor John has been leading us in worship at New Life for 21 years. Can we thank the Lord for that? Thank you. <laughs> he started when he was 12. Yeah. And we're so grateful. <laughs> but John, no, Pastor John's in his 40s. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm in my 50s. And then uh, Pastor, uh, one of our elders, Sam Cameron, is in his 60s. Sam and Helen and their three girls have been a part of New Life Church for 20, over 1997, 25 years. And he's one of our elders. And he's also my next door neighbor. So if you don't think I'm being held accountable, I have elders living next door. (laughs) Pastor Sam's in his 60s. We love him. So we're going to have a conversation today about fatherhood. But this is for everyone in the room. This is not just for dads. It's not just for married people. I believe everyone in the room, you're going to receive something from the Lord today. Let's pray over this. Father, we pray you'd bless this conversation. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you for the word of the Lord in Malachi, that you are going to turn fathers' hearts toward their kids and kids toward their fathers. And Lord, we receive that today. We, We pray that New Life Church would always be a place where dads fall back in love with their children, where children fall back in love with their homes that the prodigal's always coming home in this place. And we thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. John, we're going to start with you. The question I had that I think is a fascinating question to hear from each, every one of us, is how did you become a worshiper? Yeah. What happened? So I grew up in New Jersey, born and raised, and my parents would drag us to church every single Sunday. I have have two brothers. I have a twin brother and a younger brother. And um, we didn't care for it whatsoever, but my parents would drag us and drag us and drag us to church, Assembly of God Church, and we'd go every week. So I got to see worship. Got to, and it was a good church, but I got to see it, but I didn't have faith for it for myself. And we were, I was 14 years old, and our youth pastor was like, hey, we're going to go do a mission trip in Mexico. And I thought, great, let's go down to Cancun, let's get some sand, let's get some sun and sand, let's do the whole thing. I didn't even know what missions trip was. And so we're like, yeah, let's go down to Mexico. I got convinced to go down there, not even serving the Lord. And um, find out that the trip's not in like Cozumel or those areas. It's, it's in a little town in the middle of Mexico called Chihuahua, Mexico. Yeah, and I, I, if you're from Chihuahua, I mean no offense, but if you've seen the dog, the Chihuahua, you get a little idea what it feels like down there in Chihuahua. And I was down there, and we're going to do these street dramas, and I was, I was pretty nervous. I said, like, what did I get myself into? What is happening here? Why are we evangelizing this, these people? And then in the corner, we were in this church, and in the corner, somebody's uh, playing guitar uh, and leading some worship. And because I had seen it, I had seen what worship is, I walked over there, and I thought, all right, you know, I've seen people lift their hands in worship, uh, but I've never done that. I've never done that for myself. And so it's like, I just thought... It was just my will. I just thought, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to lift my hands in worship. I'm in this kind of scary place. It's, I'm, I'm not sure what we're doing here. So I was feeling vulnerable. So they're singing a song. I forget what the song was. And I just, I just take my hands and I just kind of lift them up like this. And then my whole world changed. 
everything changed. I felt my, my heart was strangely warmed and I started weeping. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is the real stuff. This is the presence of the Lord. And it changed everything. So I actually just embraced Jesus and accepted him into my life right then and there through worship. So it's worship is actually my salvation story. Worship is what turned everything upside down for me and wrecked me, and I have not stopped since. So I lead worship the way I lead worship, not because I love songs, but because I think anything could happen at any moment in this place and in this room, and it brought transformation. That's how I became a worshiper. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor D? Um, yeah, I, I grew up in um, a worshipful house. Um, so my mother and my father taught me to worship in kind of different ways. My mother was really emotive um, and was an early riser. So most mornings, um, the, the whole house was awakened to the sounds of my mom at her piano, worshiping and praying um, over the family at four or five o'clock in the morning. Um, she still actually does that to this day. My mom is in her 60s and she still wakes up every morning, goes to her piano and sings to the Lord. Um, so she was really emotive. My dad was really dutiful. It took, it took me a while to understand how my dad was teaching me how to worship um, as, a, as throughout the course of my life. Because my dad worked a swing shift. He worked at Unilever. So some days he'd have to get up at four in the morning. Some days, some days he, he didn't get to work until four. Some days he worked all night. Sometimes he had overtime. Um, but his consistency when he could get to church was uh, service. He didn't just come to church and sit when he could come to church. He came to church and he served. Um, and so it took me a while to understand that both of my parents were teaching me worship. My mom, from a very, you know, uh, occupational way, which is what I, the reason I'm a worshiper now, because of my mom. But I think the reason that I'm so dutiful in worship, um, John texted me this morning, hey, can you come sing? And I said, yeah. And that's my dad. Yeah. That's my dad that would just, at the, drop, at the drop of a dime, come and serve the church because this is my church, this is our home. So both of my parents taught, taught me worship in that way. I hope you caught that. There's a difference between being emotional and there's a difference between being dutiful, yeah. faithful, yeah. to show up and worship when you don't feel the emotion. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people confused that. Well, I don't feel anything. I don't feel the emotion. Well, I show up and worship anyway. Yeah, right. I show up and lift my hands anyway. I sing the songs anyway. And sometimes worship is by faith, not by feelings. Yes. In fact, sure. worship should be by faith, not yeah. by your feelings. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. beautiful. I, I could say the same as John. I, I grew up in a Christian family and yeah, we were pretty much forced to go to church and <laughs> hey, it wasn't just Sunday morning. It was Wednesday night. It was yeah. Saturday night. Yeah. It was Sunday morning, Sunday night, youth service, whatever. We had to be there. And growing, you and grew up in Scotland. We grew up in Scotland, yeah. And I, uh, I really, my, my parents were, were, um, they were not believers when they got married. And they, so they had a radical conversion. And they were really in fire for Jesus. So Jesus was the center of our home, which is worship, isn't it? That's at the core of worship is, is Jesus. And uh, I, I, I really resented it. I wanted to be going out with my friends. Or, and in my teens, I did rebel a little bit. But, you know, the Holy Spirit drew me back. Praise God. And I have such a heart for worship and commitment to, to Jesus today. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for that upbringing, that steadfastness that my parents had, that they wouldn't quit. Yeah. And I'm grateful today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hope you see a common thread. That's my story as well. My mom and dad made sure I was in church. And I want you to hear the common thread in all four of our stories is that parents yeah. led the way. Moms and dads made it a priority to be in the house of the Lord. And I know the church is not perfect and the church is messy. And we, I grew up in messy church, but my mom and dad never let the messiness of the church distort 
the beauty of the church to us. And they always told us about the messiness. They didn't hide that from us, but they made sure we were faithfully yeah, yeah, in the house yeah, of the yeah, Lord. Yeah. There is, that, that is the number one rule at our house. That's why, I know this is gonna hurt somebody's feelings. That's why I didn't buy a camper when I moved to Colorado. It's because I, didn't, I knew that if I bought a camper, I would look for Sundays to go camp. Wow. And I said to my kids, I said, when, I, when Pam and I are older and you're gone, we'll probably buy a camper and go camping by ourselves. But right now we're going to be in the house yeah. of the Lord. The Lord. Sure. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. How, how are John, jump, jump into this. How are you, you have three children. Yeah, we've got twins who are 14, boy and girl twins. Jones and Izzy, and, and uh, almost 11-year-old Lewis. So 14 and 11, you're coming in to the best season of your life. <laughs> We're having fun. I say that sincerely. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I said that when my kids became teenagers, I would not listen to people who told me how challenging it was going to be. I spoke that over my kids when they were teenagers. Yeah. This is going to be the most fun time of your life. Yeah. Teenagers are fun. Yeah. Teenagers are amazing. Teenagers are anointed. Teenagers, I'm just keeping, I'm gonna keep talking until you believe it, all right? <laughs> I love teenagers. Yeah. They, there's so much in them that yeah. comes out during this time. Yeah. Sure. How are you teaching your kids to worship? Well, the first thing is they wanna be known. So the, my kids asked me to tell you all that they exist. So my kids are over there. <laughs> Jones and Izzy and Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's an amazing passage of scripture in the Old Testament where this king is being attacked on all sides and he prays this simple prayer that uh, he says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, talking to Jesus. And, and where your eyes go, your life goes. And so for me as a dad with these, these kids who I love and I love to tease them, and, um, I'm really trying to be mindful of the things that their, their eyes are on. And I'm not so much talking, yes, I'm talking about let's make sure that they're, you know, they're monitored online and all that stuff, but I'm really actually talking about the things that they see in me and my wife, Paige, and that they see us as worshipers. Like I was saying, my parents, my mom and dad dragged us to church, and it's just, it felt useless. It wasn't useless. I had an idea of what worship looked like so I could actually try it. And then when I tried it, I got saved. It matters what we're putting in front of, uh, in front of our kids. So... I want them to see that we worship, and I want them to see, I don't just worship on the stage either. You know, during COVID, uh, we were recording our services here in the middle of the week, and then on Sunday morning, I got to be home with my family, and it was, you know, the countdown goes off. Remember the little countdown? And then we were all gathered around the TV, and I was, I was not sitting on the couch and with a bowl of cereal, and I was going, come on, one minute, worship, one minute, let's go. Everyone down here, everyone down here. We're dragging the, I was dragging the kids down there. And then we're not sitting during worship. We're not sitting here watching on a couch. It's not a football game. Get up. We're standing up, and boom, we'd start worship. And I was the one leading, which was strange, because I was leading myself into worship. Yeah. <laughs> And my, so it was the first 90 seconds of every worship set was a big, like, John, you know, Dad, why are you I'm wearing sorry. that? I just, I just imagine you looking at the TV going, John, that's a good job, John. That's good. Yeah, no, that's real good. I had no idea I was that yeah, good. That encouragement, John? Yeah. If nobody's going to encourage you, encourage yourself, for I, real. You've got to encourage yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it, was pretty, it was a learning experience. Like, why? I move a lot. Like, <laughs> Like, would you stay still for a second? Yeah, it's like a wind-up toy. <laughs> uh, 
hey, I, I believe in this stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was an empty room while we were doing that. It's like, I just, I believe in it. We got so many stories of people watching online and how encouraged they were. But my point is, it's, come on, guys, we're singing. The five of us standing in my living room, and we're singing. We got our hands in the air. What are my kids seeing, right? What are they looking at? Because where your eyes go, your life goes. Um, and then I've got my, again, just to keep banging the drum, I get my kids to church. I love our church. We got a great church, you know? Um, and then we got robust worship. We, have, we believe in this stuff. We've spent the time. We've sweated over this thing. We've bled over this thing. I want my kids around it as much as we can. We go to First Wednesdays. They're going to Desperation in a couple of weeks. Uh, I want them around it because the presence of Jesus is there's nothing like it. There's nothing better. Sam, would, yeah, tell us your story. I yeah, love I would the story. Second that. I, you know, I've got three adult kids now, so that's the, we've gone through the challenges of raising kids and teenagers and so on, but just like we were brought up, Helen and I, we were diligent and steadfast in our commitment to bringing our kids to church, and uh, we're so glad we did it today, and so are they. They're amazing kids. They're productive. They're successful. We've been so encouraged by them, but two things I would say that are kind of a foundation of our worship that I want you all to think about. One is gratitude. And I have such uh, just uh, an amazing gift of gratitude. You know, the, the psalm I'm thinking about is Psalm 16, verse 6, says, the boundary lines have fallen for me in good places. Surely I have a, a, just a great inheritance. And you know, I, I think about that, and that's me. The boundary hey, I don't deserve any of this. I just say, thank you, Lord. I've been so blessed, and I've got such an amazing family, and I, I get to work with amazing people and, and an amazing community and an amazing church. It's just like, wow, you know? It's yeah. like, how? I just say, thank awesome. you. So come I've got this like, amazing... Come into his courts with thanksgiving. Yes, yeah. yes. That, that's your yeah. first offering yeah. is yeah. thankful. Yeah. Lord, I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm grateful. Yeah. I love Gratitude. that, Sam. Gratitude lifts me up every day. I mean, there's days, I'm going to be honest, when I'm fighting a battle at work or something going on in the family, and I just got to pull myself up. And what I do, it's very practical, I'll start singing a psalm. My cup overflows. My cup overflows. I'll just start repeating something, and eventually, within a few minutes, I am up and ready to take on the day. And uh, gratitude is one that we have, have uh, I believe, demonstrated. Uh, we, our kids grew up in the South. And one thing I love about the South is the etiquette. I really do. I really love that. I love please, thank you. You know, I just love that etiquette. And it's, it's almost ingrained in our kids because they grew up there. But I, I love it, I, you know, and I encourage that too for families to raise their kids like that. Um, the other thing is generosity. We love to give and we love our kids to give and, and you know, we love that they be involved in that. And I believe that our kids are extremely generous. And that's not just with your money, that's with your time, that's with commitment, that's with volunteering, that's with being involved and, and having a kind word to say to someone. Just be generous. Teach your kids to be generous. It's such a, it's just a, a great gift uh, to, to teach them. And it doesn't always come natural. Well, you've, I, got to, you've got to teach I them hear a sure lot of dads that. in the room say, well, of course, Pastor John and Pastor D yeah. can lead their kids in worship. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're worship leaders. They, like, they get a head start on this. But what you're saying is you're, 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 you're our musical, and I know you yeah. used to play instruments yeah. and sing. That's not your role. You, no. You're a commercial real estate broker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And yet you've made up your mind that leading your kids in worship yeah. was a higher priority than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I love that. I love that. Statement. Can I just echo that? Dads, you are a much stronger worship leader for your kids than I am. Way. Mm. Just because I'm trained or I sing or play an instrument. When I, when I talk about being something, you know, what your kids could look at and learn what worship is, you know, I know some dads, you know, gulp a little bit. Like, are you, are you telling me I got to, like, dance around and lift my hands and shout? Well, maybe I'm saying that, but I'm not, not exactly. Here's what, here's what I want to challenge you as. as here, I'm one of your worship pastors. I want to challenge this. Some of you, some of you, it takes everything just to get here. And that is a serious act of worship. And I honor that. So if you need to stand there and just go, oh, that's worship and that's okay. You know, I'm not a bossy worship leader. I'm not going, come on, what's wrong with you? Step up, stand up. But there is biblical worship. There are things that involve our hands and our voices. Yeah. I encourage that. But instead of going into like, oh, I don't know, instead of getting lost in what, what's my personality here with worship, let's, not, let's, let's just set that aside. Just, I would just ask you, dads, is to just ask the Lord, what would bring you pleasure? What, what would you delight in this morning? And the Lord might just say, I just need you to show up, and that's good. Or the Lord might say, I need you to, li-, like my story when I was young, I might need you just to lift a hand to me because that's biblical worship, and do that. Or I might need you to sing a little louder. Just ask God what would delight his heart, and do that. I'm not going to boss, we have to do this, we have to do this. I'm not, we're not cheerleaders up here holding up signs, you know. Um, we believe in this, we want to push biblical worship, but that's what I would ask. What would God delight in? I want to read John chapter 4. And we've been talking the last 10 or 12 weeks about the work of the Spirit. And one of the guarantees of the Holy Spirit is when the Spirit falls on a group of people, worship will erupt. Worship is a response of the Spirit's presence in our lives. And in John chapter four, this is early on, Jesus is teaching. He says, but the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now what he's saying there is that you don't have to check your brain at the door to be a worshiper of Jesus. In other words, right theology and right response coupled together create this worship environment. So you need to know what you're doing, but you need to respond to what the Spirit is saying. So this is why we we teach deep, but we go wide with our worship. Like this is why worship is, can change people's lives. When you teach people what worship is and you teach people how to respond to worship, I, just the other, I don't know, a few weeks ago on a Tuesday noon prayer meeting, I'm up front, I'm leading the prayer meeting and I didn't know that Callie was even there, my daughter. And I look back there and there she was, 21 year old girl in college, got her hands lifted. Her face is pointed toward heaven. Mm-hmm. Something powerful is happening deep in her soul. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there because I told her to do it. I didn't even know she was there. Wow. And it, cha- it, it moved me. When I see yeah. Abram in the choir worshiping, when yeah. I see Callie worshiping, yeah. it, is the, yeah. it is the one thing that I want to get right as a dad. Yes. I mean, I may not be able to provide everything I wanna provide for them. We, there may be things that, we, that I've fallen short of, but the one thing that I want to get right is I want to teach my children about the presence of the Lord. I want to welcome my kids into a lifestyle of absolute worship. So I want to ask the question of these men, what is, when you think about the Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit's role in worship? Do you tell, talk about yeah. how the Spirit moves when we worship? What's happening there? Yeah. I think, I believe that the Holy Spirit, the scriptures also say that the Holy Spirit like leads us to all truth, right? I, I believe that a lot of times what happens, what's happening while we worship is that the Spirit is leading us to a truth about God, leading us to the truth about ourselves, 
leading us to the truth about the world around us, and also illuminating those truths in different ways. That's why we can say you are holy to God, and it means something different every single time. Um, or, you are, or you are worthy, or God's your good, or all these things that we ascribe to the Father. And, and that what happens in our soul is that the work of the Spirit is illuminating that truth in a different way. Yes. Um, and that, and that in the, at the same way that this is a very real experience for us, this is also, um, I believe, a rehearsal for the world. Like, I, yes. I think of it as practice and game, right? Because I used to be an athlete. I'm not anymore. Um, <laughs> and, but this is kind of the rehearsal. And what, what, what we're trying to do is get you to realize that the Spirit is working always and confirming truth and illuminating truth to get you to be active in the world around you so that when you're at King Super, when you're at the mall, when you're at the gas station and you feel these nudges of the Spirit. The other day I was at the gas station and um, this couple, for whatever reason, like the, the machine wasn't working for their car to get their juice. And normally I'm a... I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to many humans, at the, you know, <laughs> especially ones that I don't know. Like, I don't initiate conversations with unknown humans. Um, but for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit just said, buy it for them right now. Yeah. And I was like, Lord. <laughs> like, A year ago. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been okay. <laughs> and, 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 and they had walked out of the store. They had forgotten about it. They were on the way. And, but the Holy Spirit said, buy that for them right now and run to them to get it, to give it to them. Um, and that's, I, that's what we're trying to initiate in your heart and in your soul in these experiences is that the, the holistic nature of worship is more than singing. It's actually a, a deepening and sharpening your relationship and your awareness to the Holy Spirit so that as you walk in the, in the road of life, in the journey of life, that the Spirit can be illuminating you every single day and getting you active in the world around you. That's so good, so good. You know, we often pray, come Holy Spirit. I mean, this is a prayer that's been happening for 2,000 years. We were just in Jerusalem where Jesus was telling his disciples, I've gotta go. And they're saying, you cannot go, this can't be. He said, no, it's better that I go. I'm about to give you the advocate. I'm about to give you the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit shows up in this room. And then for 2,000 years, the uh, people of God have been saying, come, Holy Spirit, come and be among us. The Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, those, he's closer than our skin. He's with us. He's in us. Yeah. So when we're sitting here saying, come on, Holy Spirit, come, we're actually just saying, Holy Spirit that is here and in us and with us, manifest the presence of Jesus yeah. as we are here so we can come alive in God. And then, like Terrell was saying, uh, D saying, his first name is Terrell. It's a longer story. <laughs> um, <laughs> Terrell Demetrius Wilson. Again, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Terrell, Terrell always distracts me. Um, anyway, the Holy, Spirit, number. <laughs> the Holy Spirit fills us up, manifests Jesus in this place, in this house, and then he sends us out yeah. and empowers us to be the light of the world. It's not just about what's happening in this building, but we go and be a blessing. We, we go and get shoes on poor people. We go and we help. We go and buy gas. So yeah. I have to tell a story that happened in Israel have you heard of the town of Capernaum? This is where Jesus lived. Mary Magdalene lived there. Um, it's a lot of happened. It's, it's on the Sea of Galilee. It's a little village. It used to be a fishing village. So we went to visit it last week. And when you walk in, it says Capernaum, the hometown of Jesus. Big sign. So Jesus town, okay? This is where Jesus lived. Yeah. So it's hot. It's 95, 96 degrees. 40% humidity there on the Sea of Galilee. So we're all hot and I'm wearing shorts, all right? Just don't get that in your mind. It's more than you wanna see. But 
They were nice shorts, okay? And so, because it's hot and we're walking all day long. So we pay our money, we go inside and about 15 or 20 minutes later, uh, I had to go to the restroom. So I walk out of the front gate, the restrooms are out near the parking lot. I go to the restroom, I come back. When I walk back in, there's this very stern looking Franciscan priest standing at the entrance of Jesus town. And he looked at me and says, you can't come in. I said, excuse me, I already paid to come in. And he said, you can't come in wearing shorts. This is a holy site. And I said, I do know what my calves look like and they do are unholy, but the rest of me, the rest of me is holy. And I looked at him and here's, here's the reason I'm telling you this story. Here's a man and authority denying me access to something that I needed to see. So the joke of the rest of the trip is that Pastor Brady got kicked out of Jesus town. I just want you to know I've been kicked out of the hometown of Jesus. I've been told I was not worthy. I was told that I was not welcome, that I could not have access. Wow, come on. And the reason I'm telling you that story is I believe there are some of you that you had a dad, a person in authority, deny you access for, for, for insignificant reasons, for reasons that don't matter. So I said to the Franciscan priest, and he was a young guy trying to prove his way, trying to be a tough guy, trying to enforce the rules. I said, if you ever come to Colorado and you come to New Life Church, you can dress however you want and you will be welcome. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna end our time today. Uh, first of all, thank you, men. Can we just thank these guys for all they said? Deep well of wisdom, deep words of wisdom. Let's all stand this morning. Thank you guys for sharing there. I knew our time would go by fast. <clears throat> but I wanna take a moment today. We're gonna to sing a song in just a moment. I asked John and Dee and the team to sing this song. It's a beautiful song called The Blessing. And today, what I want is for you to receive, I want you to imagine God the Father standing in front of you right now, representing the ultimate authority in your life. And all of us have had unrighteous authorities speak things into our lives that are not good. There's not one of us in this room that will go through life unscathed. You will have people of power, people of influence, people of significance in your life mess up. Some, and, in some, and in some cases, it's super harmful. Some cases, it's, it's, they don't mean to hurt you, they just hurt you. And so today, what we're going to receive, though, instead of the curses of the world, we're going to see the blessings of the Lord. And I'm going to speak over you today life. I'm speaking over you today life and health and blessings and the goodness of the Lord. Can we just turn our hands toward heaven today and thank you. Can we just thank God in heaven that he is the perfect father, that he is the good father, that he is the, he is the one from whom all blessings flow. And so today, can we just say, Father, I break off those ungodly words that have been spoken over me. Father, today I thank you that no matter how we, we show up at your gates, no matter what condition we show up in front of you, you receive us, you bless us, you welcome us, you speak life over us. So Father, today, 
I pray that everyone in the room and everyone watching online would feel and receive, would be made keenly aware of the blessings that you want to speak over all of us. So today I pray that you would bless them. Bless us and keep us. Lord, make your face shine upon us. Would you grant us peace? Father, today to our children, to their children and their children and their children, would you bet the blessings of the Lord follow them generation after generation. Father, today may we be deeply reminded, supernaturally reminded that you are for us and not against us, that you welcome us and do not reject us. And for that today on Father's Day, we say thank you. So we come into your courts now with thanksgiving. We come in with praise on our lips today. New Life Church, let's sing this song over one another. Sing it over yourself first, because you, if you can't be blessed, you can't bless others. So receive the blessing for yourself in the first half of the song. And in the second half of the song, would you just pray it over the people around you? Is that a good song? That's a good plan. And in just a moment, Pastor Eddie's gonna come and lead us in the table of the Lord. Let's sing together.
Amen. Amen. When we sing amen, we're, we're agreeing. We're saying, God, let it be so. All that has been said today, let it be so, God. You know, we've talked today about worship. And at the center of worship in the church for now some 2,000 years has been the receiving of these elements. And you ask why? Well, because in worship, we're connecting with God and God is connecting with us. And that was not possible except through the work of God himself. So here in our worship, as we take communion, we're talking about this relationship of connecting with God and God connecting with us. And so go ahead and grab in your hands that wafer. This wafer represents the body of Christ that was given for us. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he looked at his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And now we remember the work of Jesus Christ as we eat together in remembrance of him. Then after they ate of the bread, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. Jesus is saying, I am going to be in a relationship with my people through this, through the work of my blood. And what he brought was the forgiveness of sins. And so now as we take of this cup, we do this every time we drink it in remembrance of him, we drink together. Come on, let's sing a bit more. service saying amen we say that together say amen amen we're saying let it be so lord let it be so well it's been such a joy to get to worship with you and before we head out if, if you're new around here we would love to meet you out through those middle doors you'll see the section called guest central please go to that place we'll answer any questions also prayer team go ahead and come forward as soon as i bless us if there's something you want to be uh, in prayer with us about uh, there are people now coming to the front of the stage just come forward as soon as we're done and we will pray with you all right well let me um, bless you as you head out i love what pastor brady said when you have to receive a blessing and then you get to be a blessing to others so let me bless you and then let's leave through these doors and let's bless others so if you would just open your hands let me pray this over you may the lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his, his countenance towards you that as you look to him, you would sense his delight and that that countenance 
is what would give you peace as you leave today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray this. All God's people said, amen. Amen. We'll see you next week.